You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dada. So today, as promised, we are going to be talking about the draft. I was I was just about to switch it up, but um, I really started diving into some stuff as far as just looking at prospects specifically, and it's like, you know what? This is probably more of a project than the draft thing is. So here we are, and if you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, you should probably do that first anyways. But the plan for today is to really just kind of hammer out, you know, Brian Gutekunst, when he did his interview with Ian Rappaport, talked about their process a little bit. And he was saying the first thing they did, well, not the first thing, but they all reconvened, you know, a few weeks ago, January-ish. And he said they've had 17 different meetings, and then they build their board, and then they do this and that, and, you know, and then it changes after the combine. And then, once things settle down a little bit, we start talking strategy. We start talking about how to utilize our first two picks, how to move. If these guys do this, what does that mean and what do we do? I talked quite a bit yesterday about potentially the benefit of dropping back, but I want to kind of expand on what I did yesterday and look at some of the different options. And, you know, let's just say if things fall perfectly, what does that mean for us at 12? At what point do we consider maybe moving up because we don't want to lose this guy? You know, and you got to take into account the teams that are in front of you. What are the possibilities of, you know, these teams taking the guy that we want that shouldn't be falling this far? And then what happens when the ball, the board just falls the exact opposite way? Quarterbacks aren't going. It's all edge rushers, right? Bosa, Allen, Quinnen, all your favorite guys are just gone in the top five or six. Now what are we doing? There's no reason to trade up. That's ridiculous. We're not going to give up a massive amount of value, right? So I want to work through it and then all the way, you know, kind of work all the way back to not just 30, but 44 and also analyzing our needs. How many guys at the position of need? Can can we wait until 44 or should we maybe try to move up? Are there a ton of guys? Maybe we could just move back, you know, not again if we haven't done it yet, but maybe drop from 44 to, I don't know, 50. Wouldn't get much for that. But if we've got, you know, if you're at 44 and somebody makes you an offer at 50 and you got seven guys that you really like almost equally... Yeah, go ahead. Just pick up the extra value, and no matter what, you're going to get the guy, get a guy that you want. So, anyways, uh, just kind of looking at that with the information we currently have in mind. Today is the day of um, defensive line, so it's going to be a really, really big day. We found out yesterday just how freakishly athletic, and it doesn't necessarily translate to good, but freakishly athletic this wide receiver class is, and probably a little better than than a lot of people thought it was going to be. But we'll gather up all that information and we'll take a look. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. 
Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So the first question that needs to be asked, I guess, is at what point are we willing to trade up? And what that comes down to is what players do we like and what value are they worth? So let's say Nick Bosa is worth trading up for, and he is. How much do you want to give up to get Nick Bosa? And I think the problem that I run into here is no matter who it is, I can't find anybody that I'm willing to move up for based on what we're probably going to have to pay to move up and get him. Now, I've already told you, I wouldn't be ultra surprised if Brian Gutekunst does something crazy in free agency. I, I also tend to think it's not super impossible that he decides to give up kind of a lot for a pass rusher, especially depending on what happens in free agency. If we don't leave free agency with a, with a really good pass rusher, he might get a little crazy in the draft. So if we assume Nick Bosa's gone in one of the first two picks, which is almost... I mean, the, the, the 49ers aren't going to move off the spot. The only way... I don't know. I can't see any situation in which uh, Bosa is not gone by two. The 49ers will draft Bosa if he's there, and if he's not there, then that means he went number one. So the only way that we could possibly get Nick Bosa is to trade with the Arizona Cardinals. But I don't think anybody's going to do that. If, if somebody's going to trade up with the Cardinals, it's going to be to move up and get Kyler, would be my assumption. Although I, I guess I shouldn't actually say that, because if you want Nick Bosa real, real bad you got to go up to one to get him. It just seems like a lot for, for Nick Bosa, especially with all the quarterbacks out there. But anyways, if you want Bosa, you got to go to number one. And as I've said, it's going to cost us our 12, it's going to cost us our 30, it's going to cost us our 20, 20 first, and it might even cost a little more than that. It will probably cost a little more than that. So we're talking three first-round picks and maybe a little more. Just, no, no, never. That's ridiculous. So Bosa's off the list, and we know he's gone at two. As for Quinnen, how far can he get? I'd say Quinnen is, you know, it's sort of 1A, 1B with Nick Bosa. Quinnen is a freak. He's a can't-miss prospect. He's going to be super dominant. Well, let's just say Nick Bosa goes number two, and Kyler, because of a trade, goes number one. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to trade up for Quinnen Williams, but again, forget the position and just realize that when a guy like that is who is a freak drops, he's got to go. And somebody's got to pull the trigger. And maybe it's not going to be the Packers that do it, but let's just play along for a moment. And as I like to say in my mock drafts on the YouTube channel, let's not pretend like this is a real draft here, okay? We're just talking about stuff. People freak out like I'm literally Brian Gutekunst and I literally just made this pick and lose their mind. Like, it's going to be all right, man. I promise you. It's okay to think about things sometimes. Expand your horizons. You don't have to hurt yourself thinking about stuff. Anyways, Quinnen is now available at pick three, and I don't know if the Jets pull the trigger. I don't think they do. Now, there's a good chance that they trade. The question is, who are they going to trade with, and what are they going to trade for? Here's the situation, though. It's possible somebody moves up to get Quinnen, but if you look at Oakland, although they would absolutely love to have a guy like Quinnen, that's maybe the one area that they're okay is defensive tackle. You look at Tampa Bay, similar situation. They don't have a good team. They don't have a good defense, but defensive tackle with Gerald McCoy and Alvita Vea, I don't know that that needs to be your biggest priority. Then you got the Giants, and I, I don't know who would have traded up to one. I'm guessing probably not the Giants, uh, because again, if we're talking about a trade up to number one, we're talking about somebody probably going up to get Kyler Murray, and from what I've heard, the Giants are not a great fit for Kyler Murray. Not It's not even so much a great fit. I think it would be a fine fit, 
but it just doesn't fit their their team identity. It doesn't fit what they are. They're a very conservative kind of team. So they're more of a Haskins team. So let's say the Jacksonville Jaguars moved up from 7-1. to one. So going back to 3 now, it's possible if there's a trade, let's say it's not the Giants necessarily, but maybe Denver wanting to leapfrog the Giants. Mm, I don't know if that helps my case. Let's just say it's the Giants for some reason freak out, and they're like, no, we want to be the team. So the Giants move up there, they get Haskins. So now number 4, Oakland's up. How about they take DK? Number 5, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, they don't really want a defensive tackle. Well, this is very unlikely because Quinnen is just such a freak, but I'm just I'm just trying to walk through how far could he fall and at what point would it be like, I know defensive tackle isn't our biggest need, but we're getting maybe the best player in the draft here. Let's have a conversation about it. And also keep in mind, if we package our first two picks, we could get up to about four. So here 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 is a scenario. Get, let me let, Let's play with this one now. So Arizona traded it away and they traded it away to Jacksonville. So the Jacksonville Jaguars take Kyler Murray. San Francisco takes Bosa. The Jets trade away the spot, and they do trade it to Denver, who wants to leapfrog the Giants. Oakland Raiders take DK Metcalf. And now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the clock, we could go a couple different ways here. We could say we trade up to get with Tampa Bay to get out in front of the Giants so that they don't take Quinnen, because Tampa Bay needs a couple different things, and defensive tackle isn't necessarily one of them. So they could be in a position, you know, if we look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they got a brand new head coach, they got a brand new defensive coordinator, they got a whole lot of new stuff. They're trying to figure out what to do at corner or at quarterback. They've got Gerald McCoy in the middle. They've got Vita Vea. They need a lot of help with their offensive line, so they could get that at 12 and possibly 30. You know, they, they, they could look at a guy like uh, Joshua Jacobs possibly being around at 30 at running back to take. Also at 12, you start looking at cornerbacks. Some of these awesome cornerbacks like uh, Greedy Williams or DeAndre Baker, these, these guys are, are Byron Murphy. These guys could be available. Somebody is absolutely going to be available at 12. Possibly all of them. Uh, linebacker help. They could get linebacker help. Safety help at 30 if they want to get safety help. So it's a, it's a question for a team that is that is sort of rebuilding around a brand new coach and that identity. You can say we can get Quinn and Williams, but probably not because of the guys we have. Or we could trade it away and get all these pieces, in which case the Packers could move up and get Quinnen at, what, 5? And then the question would be, how would Packers fans react? And I would guess it would almost una- unanimously be negative. Because we're addressing a non-need, and we're giving up two picks to do it. But but at the same time, let me just paint another picture for you. Let's say we do get a pass rusher in free agency, and let's say I get my guy Justin Houston, or whoever it is in your mind is going to be a great 3-4 outside linebacker, which is something I want you to keep in mind, because I keep seeing a lot of Packer fans talking about we got to get the top pass rushers, and a lot of these guys are 4-3 defensive ends, and we don't know what's going to happen if we try to stand them up. But anyways... Whoever it is in your mind, we got them. So right now our front is, let's just say, Justin Houston or whoever. Then to the left of him is Mike Daniels. To the left of him is Kenny Clark. And now to the left of him is Quinnen Williams, who is going to be the best player on the defensive line. I would almost guarantee in his first year would be better than Kenny Clark. And then to the left of him is, I don't know who, Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Kyler Fackrell, whatever. Now, yeah, we didn't get our wide receiver, we didn't get our tight end, we didn't get our guard, we didn't get our uh, whatever. But, the, I mean, this this is just ridiculous. The Packers would have one of the scarier fronts in the NFL. I mean, just having Kenny Clark and Quinnen Williams next to each other, I, out of this world. For the Packer fans that are looking at a guy like Ed Oliver and saying, I would love to have him, please understand everything you love about Ed Oliver is Quinnen Williams times 10, or let's just say times 2. He is a better pass rusher. He is better against the run. He is bigger, stronger, 
scarier. He's not as athletic. He's not as fast. So yeah, like chasing him to the sideline, he's probably not going to do that all that much. But more intelligent, his his pass rush moves, the the subtle ways that he does things to manipulate the way. Pe- I mean, it's it's. I've seen breakdowns of Quinn and Williams, and the the comp is the only other person that I've ever seen use these kinds of moves and have that kind of ability to read what's going on with the offensive line and manipulate him is with Aaron Donald. It's the only other person I've seen do that kind of stuff. And Quinnen is bigger and stronger than Aaron Donald. Not as athletic again, but I'm, I'm just... Just because I can sense already through this microphone, through this headset, a bunch of people rolling their eyes, I'm just trying to paint a picture. That is a situation where I would consider moving up. Again, a lot of that might depend on what we did in free agency. And remember, we've got young corners. And as some people reminded me when I was bashing our corners, some of it is going to be hard because if you don't have talent rushing the passer and the corners have to cover all day long, it's going to hurt their ability to perform, and that's absolutely true. So now we've got Jair and Josh Jackson in the second year. We've got maybe Bashad Breeland coming back. We've got Kevin King. Uh, We've got Tony Brown. We've got these younger guys. They're taking that second-year leap, and we have a pass rush that is Justin Houston, a healthy Kenny Clark, a healthy Mike Daniels, and now Quinnen Williams. And, by the way, Kyler Fackrell coming off the edge. Mr. You know, double-digit sack guy all of a sudden. How much does that help our cornerbacks? And then at pick 44, which we've still retained, we get a guy like Chauncey Gardner or Nasir Adderley or whoever to play safety off the back end. Because again, remember, I told you, through pick 50 or so, there's probably still going to be some really good talent. Guys that you'd be happy to take at 30. So I guess another way to, to phrase this question is, would you rather have, let's just say, uh, Brian Burns and, I don't know, a backup right tackle? Or would you rather move up and get a, a generational talent like Quinn and Williams? I'm telling you right now, that would be a situation where I'd be willing to move up. Do I want to go up to one to get him? No, I don't want to give up anything else. I'll, I'll give up the first two picks. And again, largely dependent on what we did in free agency, because if we haven't addressed pass rusher yet, I have a hard time giving up our first two two spots. But then the, the other issue that arises is, is in this scenario that I've played out, Josh Allen is still available. So you got to wonder how far he's going to fall. Because if he's available at 12 and we just gave up all this for Quinn and Williams, although Quinn and his heads and tails a better football player than Josh Allen, now we're talking about Josh Allen and an offensive lineman or a tight end like Irv Smith or whatever. So it's a risky proposition, but I'm, I'm just, I want to paint that picture to, to try to give you an idea of how absolutely dominant that could be, how much our pass rush would improve, how much our secondary, how much our defense changes just by that one piece and that, and that's just the first round again we've still got the second round we've got 10 picks in this draft if we if we trade it trade two picks to get Quinn in we end the draft with Quinn and Williams with our first round pick which I mean the, the fact that we even have this pick 30 is a luxury the question is what are we going to do with it are we going to pick somebody at 30 that's going to be a real game changer for us or are we going to combine it with 12 to get a top tier guy and if you're telling me, if I have to trade that 30, I want a Nick Bosa, I want a Quinn and Williams, I want those kinds of guys. And when I say those kinds of guys, I, I pretty much mean that's kind of it. I don't think I want to use those to move up and get Josh Allen. I don't. Now, if he continues to slide and we can trade something a little something else, then maybe. And by the way, if we were to trade our 12 and our 44, we can get up in that 6 or 7 range. So if we continue this on and let's say Tampa Bay doesn't, take um, Quinn and Williams, they draft somebody else. 
let's say they take Josh Allen. Then the Giants are on the clock. And yeah, the Giants could take a defensive tackle, Quinnen Williams, and probably would depending on his talent. But I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to say, hey, look, I'll give you these two picks because Haskins is gone. Kyler is gone. They need offensive line help. They, they need a lot of other pieces. I'll give you two. And I think there's two scenarios for the Giants that are better than taking Quinn and Williams. One is to take that Packers offer, which is 12 and 44 to move up, and we get to retain our 30, which is awesome. And 30 ends up being a super early second round pick, essentially. Or the next best option would be to take a flyer on a guy like Drew Locke, who I mentioned in the last podcast, some guys are freaking out about. Tony Pauline on his podcast said he expects him to be a top 10 pick. He doesn't believe his value is worth that, but he's telling me, he's saying on the podcast that scouts are telling him that they see Pat Mahomes when they watch uh, Drew Locke's arm talent. That in and of itself is going to freak some teams out in a very, very positive way. So the Giants could end up taking Drew Locke here. So now we're in a situation, and again, I'm, I'm trying to paint best-case scenario. We've got the Jacksonville Jaguars at 7. We have Ed Oliver available. We have Quinnen Williams available. We have Josh Allen available. Oh, wait, the Jacksonville Jaguars traded, so the Arizona Cardinals are back on the clock. They just got themselves buku paid uh, to move all the way back here. The question is, what are they going to do? Well, we know they're not taking a quarterback because they had that opportunity and they passed it up, and they already drafted a quarterback. That's not going to be a thing. Could they take a defensive tackle? Absolutely. I would be shocked if Quinn and Williams made it past here, even though they need bigger needs. So, you know, in this scenario, I would say we'd have to move up here. I mean, they, they could go offensive line. if they're That's that's a bigger need than defensive tackle, but I'm just saying Quinn and Williams being what he is and the fact that they don't have a good defensive tackle group would tell me exactly what I need to know. It's possible, but I would say in this scenario, which is what I would assume to be best case scenario, unless... I mean, we could say Denver moved up to number one if we wanted to, but that's not going to happen because the Denver Broncos and, uh, what's his name, Elway, do not like short quarterbacks, and if they're moving up to number one, it's probably to get that short quarterback. So, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll set that aside. So, at that point, in this scenario, Jacksonville, excuse me, Arizona at number seven is probably taking Quinn and Williams. At pick eight with Detroit... Their number one need is pass rusher. Now, I've already said Josh Allen is, is going to be way better in a 3-4 three, four, three, four system because of his abilities standing up, because of his abilities and coverage. He's just a much better player there. I don't know if Detroit cares, so now we're looking at maybe, possibly, probably Josh Allen is gone. So that's kind of the territory where if we don't trade up, if we do trade up to that 5 or 6 territory, maybe we can get a Josh Allen, maybe we can get a Quinnen Williams. And I'll be honest. As much as I said, I see, and I don't know. Maybe Josh Allen is is moving is worth the twelve and the thirty. Twelve and forty four though for Josh Allen. If you're telling me Josh Allen is going to be just transformational, which I don't know why I have such a hard time with that. I, I he was always my favorite guy outside of Bosa, but just whenever once he got put up into the top three territory, I kind of backed off a little bit. But if he is just going to wreck worlds, and again as as I mentioned yesterday. The other thing that Tony Pauline said on his podcast the other day, which is in regard to pass rushers, as an edge rusher, in other words, we're just talking about rushing, getting after the quarterback. The number one prospect, according to all the scouts that he's talking to, is Josh Allen. Number two is Ja'Kai Polite. Number three is Bosa. Number four, I don't remember after that. But just to give you an idea, we're talking about the best pass rusher. Now, the reason Nick Bosa is going to go first, and rightly so, is because of his other abilities, namely against the run, where he's a stud. So now we're talking about maybe the best pass rusher in this class and his abilities to play in coverage and all that versatility. Yeah, I, I think at this point, maybe I am a little bit more comfortable. I don't want to move up to number one and give up anything beyond 
our 12 and our 30. Maybe 12 and 30, I'm, I'm saying it's worth it. 12 and 44. But again, forget me. Who cares what I think? And to be honest, who cares what you think? We're talking about um, our GM here. The guy that, again, in my mind, is very desperately wanting to get a pass rusher. And regardless of the situation as far as a long-term or short, I mean, a short-term guy like Justin Houston, if we get him locked up for two years, that's awesome. But if we add Josh Allen to that, now again, we go back to that scenario. We don't have another Quinnen, but we may have Muhammad Wilkerson, which is nowhere near the same caliber. But let's just say, again, what do we have now? We've got Justin Houston, Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Muhammad Wilkerson, Josh Allen. Scary. I mean, real scary. Again, Justin Houston is still, you know, in that potential top 15, top 10 edge rusher in the NFL. I mean, imagine Josh Allen being our second best pass rusher with all the stuff that we had on the interior. I mean, part of the problem with not being able to highlight our interior is because we didn't have any exterior. And and to be completely honest, as, as good as Kenny Clark and, and Mike Daniels are, and they, they are above average pass rushers, they're better run stuffers than they are pass rushers. I mean, that's part of being a 3-4 defensive tackle. You're taking on a lot of double teams, especially if you don't have anybody off the edge that anybody cares about. They don't worry about you as much. Now you got, I mean, they're going to have to double Justin Houston. They got to at least chip Josh Allen, and now you just got the middle running free. So either way, the front needs to be addressed, in my opinion, by pick 12, whether we're moving up bef- up to before pick 12. If we want to drop back, the only scenario in which we do that is if these guys are gone. Quinnen is out of our reach. Josh Allen is out of our reach. So let's reverse this and look at a, a horrible scenario. Let's try to make it as bad as possible to where it's like, you know what? Maybe we drop a little bit and get some extra compensation. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So let's say this time we got Quinn and Williams going number one. You've got Nick Bosa going number two. So we still got some really good talent sitting there, um, but that that kind of stinks because those are the top guys and they're gone one and two. No quarterbacks have gone yet. Eh, whatever. Now the Jets are on the clock. They definitely need offense to help their quarterback, but the best player available is probably Josh Allen. So just ask the question. Do they need pass rush help? Yes, they do. Are they a 3-4 team? Why, yes, they are. Best player available, man. We can address other needs at other times. So they take Josh Allen. He's off the board. Oakland Raiders, let's just say they're still enamored with the DK uh, measurables. So they take DK Metcalf, another guy that I would say, I don't know if I want to trade up for, but if he's sitting at 12, we definitely need to think about it. DK's gone. So now as I'm looking at it, and it it really depends what you think. I mean, if you might have some guys that are guys that you're willing to take at 12, but again, the question is, how many do you have? If you've got 15 names that are potentially, you know, nobody really stands out as just like, I gotta have them, but there's about 15 guys you're looking at going, I'd be very happy at 12, you don't have to take them at 12. You can drop back to 20 if you've got 15 names and you're going to get one of them. So I'm trying to find out who are the people at 12. If they're available, they shouldn't have gotten this far and we got to take them because they're not going to last. So Ed Oliver, Ja'Kai Polite probably. Brian Burns, I would say probably just because of his pass rush ability. Because if 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 Ja'Kai Polite goes, and we don't take Burns, and Burns is gone, we have a Montez Sweat, but he's not a good pass rusher. He's decent off the edge. He's got a lot of strength. He's got a lot of power. 
I mean, he he could maybe come in and be another Nick Perry. He'll get some set. He's got no bend, man. Um, Hawkinson, I would say, is an option. I don't know if I want to take Fant at 12. I just, I'm kind of iffy on that. But we can kind of reevaluate that as we get there. You know, Devin White, if we want to go that route, I don't know how great of a value that is at 12 because there's other linebackers that some people think are, are as good or better. Again, that's kind of up to you. I don't know how I feel about it necessarily. I don't know that that's my favorite thing. I'd almost rather chance it and drop back. And if he makes it to 20, now we can kind of have that conversation. Like, this is a great value. He's a stud. So next up, we got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They do need a lot of things, but one of the things that they absolutely need is pass rusher. Now, Todd Bowles is their new defensive coordinator. Um, He does a lot of versatile and multiple type things. That is to say, you'll see, like most teams, some guys at times doing hand in the dirt, but he also does some stand-up stuff. I don't think it's impossible to say that Ja'Kai Polite, who is considered the second best edge rusher by scouts, again, as a pass rusher, going here. So we could have Ja'Kai Polite going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So again, we're looking at it and saying, okay, can, who do we want to trade up for? Well, at this point, if we're going to trade up, it's still going to cost us our two first rounds, unless maybe somebody's willing to give us a deal. We give up our first, our 12 and our 44. But who are we going to do that for? Ed Oliver? I'm not doing that for Ed Oliver. You might. I'm not. So as I'm looking at the Giants, I mean, I, I could get a little crazy and we could talk about some different things. I think offensive line, if we're not doing quarterback, I mean, it's hard to imagine they don't go quarterback, and if they don't, it's hard to imagine they don't go offensive line. But the other possibility here would probably be linebacker. And the the biggest thing here is that Devin White is likely the top athlete on the board. Now, again, we're talking about best player, but then you add in positional value and he drops a little bit. But I don't think there's anybody that really disagrees. I'm sure some do. Not many that disagree that based just on talent, Devin White is a top 10 prospect. So maybe we do that. Another option, we're talking about shipping off Olivier Vernon. We did draft Lorenzo Carter, but who else do we have? Well, nobody anymore. We got rid of Olivier Vernon. So if we're legitimately sticking with Eli Manning, and we understand fully, for example, we have Nate Solder to the left tackle. We just drafted Hernandez. We have the ability to get offensive line a little bit later in the draft. How about we take the best player available and get a guy like Devin White? Jaguars are up, whatever, they take a quarterback. I'm not even, oh, you know what? No, they don't. You know why? Because the Jaguars got foals in free agency, that's why. So they don't even need them. So now what are they going to do? I'll tell you exactly what they're going to do. They're going to help out their new quarterback, Foles, by getting a guy like um, TJ Hawkinson. That's what they're going to do. Next up, you got the Detroit Lions. I told you that they're a 4-3 team that's in desperate need of edge rusher. Brian Burns will be a perfect fit for them. I know he's seen as a very small guy. And everyone's thinking he's just going to be a 3-4 outside linebacker. But according to what I've heard, he's a better 4-3 defensive end than he is an outside linebacker. That explosion out of that stance is what's really going to highlight him. He's a pretty big, I mean, he's a big dude. He's already up to, what was he, like 249 almost, 250? So he's already getting up in weight. And his frame is, is so slender, he could put a ton of mass on that frame. Brian Burns is gone at pick 8. See, I'm, I'm trying to make worst case scenario, but just automatically looking at this, uh, Denver's Denver's not taking defensive tackle, and neither is Cincinnati, which means, let's say Fant goes, Ed Oliver's probably going to fall, but just I'm just going to cheat. Atlanta Falcons trade up with Denver and take uh, Ed Oliver because that is the absolute perfect fit, and they're not going to risk losing him. And I don't know, the Bengals tank Fant, even though I just said I don't really want him anyways. Let's just round this thing out. So everybody's gone. Now, there's still talent available, but again, who is that, that list for uh, next best player? Well, Jonah, Jonah Williams is here, 
Uh, you could look at Cleland Farrell if you want to. I don't think I want to. Rashawn Gary, possibly, but probably not. He's going to be a 4-3 guy. But you got really good cornerbacks, Greedy Williams and Byron Murphy, as much as you don't really want to do it at 12. Something to consider based on talent. Christian Wilkins at defensive tackle. Again, do I want a defensive tackle? Probably not. But he's a really good player and a great personality, right? Great off-field stuff. Montez Sweat, Cody Ford, uh, safety Deontay Thompson, cornerback DeAndre Baker, running back Josh Jacob, uh, Juwan Taylor, fantastic offensive tackle. You know, guys like Dexter Lawrence, tight end Irv Smith, uh, safety Nasir Adderley, you know, a pile of wide receivers that are probably starting to get decent values around 20 to 25. So I guess in my mind, I'm trying to think, who's that pick at 12 that we just have to have right now that we can't get at 20? Maybe Jawan Taylor, if we want to go that route. There's going to be a corner available. One of these guys, one of these three. There's going to be defensive tackles available, no question about that. The other second-tier linebackers, they're going to be available. If we want to go elite, Jeffrey Simmons will be there, although that's probably a pick 44 thought. The edge rushers, who I don't really want anyways, even at 20, I probably would maybe think about it at 30, but they'll definitely be there. All the wide receivers are probably going to be there. A, a good good chance all the safeties are going to be there. You got the guards, you got Cody Ford, the, the guys that I mentioned, uh, you know, Reisner, Dillard, you know, defensive tackle Jerry Tillery, Taylor Rapp, Zach Allen, Julian Love, Amani Aruwarie, Chris Lindstrom at guard. So this is the scenario where, where we trade back. But I guess the cool thing is, this is sort of the plan in my mind. If, if teams start reaching for need, I'm getting ready to pull the trigger. I'm making phone calls. If I see Quinnen start to fall, if I see Allen start to fall, even at Oliver, if he gets within two or three picks, if we're talking about maybe giving up like a fourth round or a fifth round to move up and get out of Oliver, yeah, I'm kind of getting ready to pull the trigger. Maybe not if, if, if you know, a guy like Hawkinson or somebody that we really like, if DK's fallen. If, if there's several guys and we're, we're, if we're three picks out and there's three guys available, why are you trading up? Just wait. But there are definitely scenarios that I, I didn't think I'd find, but we just found it. There is a path, not a very likely one, but a path for Quinnen to fall within the, the sixth overall pick, which is striking distance. And actually, it's, it's, if we give up the first two, we're talking about possibly pick number four with Oakland. Can you imagine that? If Oakland traded back, they would end up with four first-round draft picks in the first round if they gave up one for our two first-round picks. I mean, they probably won't because they really want to get a stud out of this group and then get two more, but that would be insane. They would have 12, 24, 27 and 30. But I think as Packer fans, as we watch the draft, once we get to pick four, if if you've got pass rushers, if Nick Bosa, Quinnen Williams, Josh Allen, if those guys are available and you see trade at the bottom of the screen at four, five, six, whatever, just, you know, brace yourself. <laughs> I mean, it could be somebody coming up for a quarterback or whatever, but it, it could happen. But just to be clear what I'm talking about, if we did trade back because of that pile of players, and let's say we did move back to, I don't know, what did I say, 20-ish? It maybe could be 21 with Seattle who wants to move up and get an offensive lineman. You know, if Juwan Taylor's still there, whatever. We're talking about second-round pick compensation. Seattle wouldn't be able to do it because they don't have anybody. But Pittsburgh would make sense. It would cost them just about their, their pick 52 in the second round. So the cool thing about that is we get pick 20, which again is going to be... The player we get is going to be about as good as who we get at pick 12. It's not going to be a massive drop-off. So we get pick 20, we get pick 30, we get pick 44, and we get pick 52. And again, we're talking about between 12 and 50-ish. Could be pick 64, could be pick 48, I don't know what it is. 
But in that range is a lot of good players. A lot of guys that could definitely potentially start. So, I mean, we, we, we could walk away from a, a situation like that with, uh, you know, we, we could get an edge rusher who wouldn't be super elite, but he'd probably be better than the guys we have. I mean, even Montez Sweat, who I have a hard time coming around to, he's probably still going to be our best pass rusher on the team or best, you know, outside linebacker or whatever. I don't know if he's going to get as many sacks as Fackrell, but as far as just being an all-around player, he'd probably beat him. But we'd be able to get a pass rusher, a very, very good and athletic offensive guard, a very talented number two wide receiver, and a tight end. I mean, that that's crazy. I know everybody's, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people probably don't like the idea of trading back, but just think about that. So just, just to put some names to it, let's say we get Montez Sweat at 20. You know, Lance Zerline compared him to Daniil Hunter. That's not a bad comp, man. Then let's say at 30, we get Irv Smith. 44, we get uh, Nasir Adderley. And then at the, the Steelers pick at 52 or whatever, we get Chris Lindstrom. Probably won't fall that far. I don't know. But now what do we have? We have our pass rusher. And he's, he's an athletic freak. Montez Sweat, whatever the issues might be, dude is powerful. He's long. He, he knows how to use those, those long arms and his hands. Just killing people. So we've got our pass rusher. Maybe we've done something else in free agency. I don't know. We've got our defensive line back with our pass rusher. Then we add Irv Smith at the end of the first round. Very, very talented tight end. The only reason he's not getting a lot more hype is because of Fant and Hawkinson. But this dude's really good. Then the next thing we address is safety. And let's just say, who knows? Maybe we got Earl Thomas. Probably not, but let's just say we did. Or Landon Collins. I know he's probably more popular with Packer fans anyways. Say we got Landon. Fine. Then we pair him with with a uh, Taylor Rapp or Nasir Adderley or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or whatever. So now we've got our defensive tackles. We've got our pass rusher. We have two safeties because we just, just drafted that. And then on offense, we've got our guard and we've got our tight end. Or if you want to go wide receiver, fine. It's not impossible that Hollywood Brown falls because of his injury issue. Could end up with a Hollywood Brown. Uh, Nikhil Harry, Kelvin Harmon, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Riley Ridley, Hakeem Butler, Paris Campbell. I mean, all these guys, again, all these guys aren't going to be gone by the time we get there just based on numbers. There's too many defensive tackles. There's too many edge rushers. There's too many tight ends. There's too many guards and tackles and everything else. You can't cram all these guys in the top 50. Some of them are going to fall outside, which is why, again, I say if we can get these picks in the top 50-ish, especially if we can get four of them, we're in good shape. But I think the main point here is any way that we twist this is going to be a good thing. I may have a preference. I may want to get a stud at 12. In other words, don't move and get a Josh Allen. Don't move and get whoever. That might be best case scenario, but if that doesn't happen, there isn't a scenario in which we trade up and get a stud and it's awesome. We played out that scenario and I loved it. If we stay at 12 and get somebody, that that also could be awesome. If Ed Oliver makes it. If, if uh, you know, I don't know, Brian Burns or Ja'Kai Polite make it to us. We still have 30 and we still have 44. We don't have that extra pick, but fine. We, we still can get a, a tight end. We can still get a guard. We can still get a, a uh, you know, whoever. Maybe we do get a defensive tackle like Jerry Tillery to help it out, you know, if he, if he falls to pick 44. We can get a safety. And we didn't have to move. Or the other opportunity would be to trade back, get an additional second-round pick, depending on how far back we fall. And we've seen what happens before. You you fall back. Obviously, considering what we did last year, it's possible we drop back and get another first. We'd need to find a team hungry enough. And Seattle was was one of those options. We fall back a little bit further. Seattle doesn't have a second-round pick. If they want to move up, 
they're going to have to offer us something else, and it's probably going to have to be a 2020 first-round pick. Not that that helps us this year, but how about every year we come in with two firsts? I don't hate that idea, but we still end up with a bunch of studs. So either way, I like this draft. I like the talent at the top. I like the amount of talent that that you know I call the the second tier. I guess it's technically probably the third tier because the top tier is Quinnen and, and Bosa. If you want to throw a couple other people that you like and they're fine, then you got that next tier of like I really really want to get them because they're really really good. You know the the Josh Allen's, the DK Metcalf's, the TJ Hawkinson's, the Ed Oliver's. They're in that next tier, and that's kind of the target tier. May you know again we played out a scenario where maybe we get Quinnen, but. The target tier is going to be the Josh Allens and the Ed Olivers, and if those guys fall to 12, those are also the guys that I'm not sure, super sure I want to trade up for unless they're really, really close and there's only one available and we can find a trade partner, et cetera, et cetera. If we can give up a fourth to move up two spots, you know, to leapfrog one team we think might steal him from us, whatever. Again, maybe Josh Allen. I don't know. I don't know. But that we'll call it third tier, the Jawan Taylor tier, the Irv Smith tier, the guys that, you know, aren't steals at 12. You know, Jonah Williams, it's it's not like jump up and down and cheer. It's it's the Jair tier, like I said before. It's that kind of like anticlimactic but not disappointed tier. Like you wanted something super crazy, and then they make the pick, and it's like, well, is that a bad pick? Well, no. I mean, he he's good, man. I'm sure he's going to step in and be, be solid. Imagine having four of those. Four picks in which you're not jumping out of your seat, but you're looking at starters. We have a starting outside linebacker. We have a starting safety. We have a starting tight end. We have a starting wide receiver, starting guard, starting whatever. I think it's going to be a good draft. I think it's a good draft to have multiple picks. And again, the strategizing is going to be interesting. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for uh, Brian Gutekunst and those guys talking about that stuff. But we'll see. Anyways, I'm going to wrap it up right there. You folks, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.